Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, Shattuck. Yes, Thomas You're Shattuck. fetching. Thanks. Oh, I'm not wearing my glasses. I'm not sure exactly how attractive you are right now. But, but your lips look plump. Thanks. You're having okay. So here's my thing, Alice. Mm-hmm. You remember when last week I was mentioning that a silver lining of my girlfriend of 20 years ago cheating on me was that whatever guy she had over left his great t-shirt Mm-hmm. At our place, at our apartment? Yes. And I found her t-shirt in the dryer, and I started wearing it. I wore it for, like, until, like, four years ago. And it, you loved it. I loved it, and eventually it was just so thrashed that it was, oh, you could, like, see through it. It looked like, uh, it, it looked like a doily at the end. <laughs> and so, and I loved it. Um, but, you know, it was my, f- it was, it came at a price, you know? Right. So, that is why I am celebrating today, Alice, mm-hmm. because as you can see, I have a new t-shirt. Yes. The a Travis Matthew, which is the clothing line I wear. Mm-hmm. As a it's matter a good fact, color on you, too. Oh, is it? Good. Um, and this is as comfortable as those, those shirts. This is, this is at the most comfortable t-shirt I've worn. And, though, let me just, before I get too far over this, you didn't sleep with anybody to get this shirt no okay good because i think actually my friend um steve mm-hmm. uh, from uh, from the travis matthew folks uh got this and steve thank you very much this is ridiculous mm-hmm. thank you very much this and is and i didn't even sleep with him so yes thank you but very I much. but i feel Although, like you would want me to if it got yes. you free shirts yes whatever okay. has to be done has to be done else this is a Greenway Trail, style 1MZ, 195. Guess what the color is? 
know it all. If you get this right, Alice, I'll make out with you right now. <laughs> is that an incentive to get it right or not? Um, Olive? Close. Laurel. Laurel. Hmm. So this is uh, incredibly comfortable. I can't believe it. I'm back in... You know what? That's the thing with Steve. And thank you, Steve. Um, I've got a bridge to the stuff that... I mean, this is really comfortable. You don't understand, Alice. Maybe you do. With women, maybe it's like bras or something. like a, a, An undergarment. You don't know how comfortable you can be until you have something that feels really good. Like, so what I don't have... Um, I think I said this too before. I've only had one expensive pair of shoes in my life that were like three hundred to four hundred bucks, whatever. That my dad bought me in this in the in the nineties. He was staying mm-hmm. at the hotel I worked at, and he took me down to Johnston and Murray or Murphy, whatever. It and we got those shoes, and I should have had them. Just brought them to a cobbler and had them redone because mm-hmm. there was I, I never realized you could wear a shoe that massages your foot, and it was so good. I couldn't believe how it was a joy to walk in them. It was they were so good. And that's kind of like what this T-shirt is for me. But do you have any clothes like that that are just a re- ridiculously comfortable? Yeah, my Woods Hole T-shirt is a like favorite T-shirt that I've always loved. And that is starting to like meet the end of it. It's starting to disintegrate. Yeah, and that is a nice T-shirt. That's the blue one. Mm-hmm. I think you were wearing that when you told me you were pregnant. Yeah, yeah. I is got that, that at Goodwill. You wear when you tell people. No, I got that at Goodwill. Like, <laughs> I mean, probably more than twenty years ago. It's a great find. We got to go awesome to Goodwill shit. more. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people do go to Goodwill more. Oh, yeah. I wear a lot of clothes from like Savers and Goodwill. It's very, um, very cost effective. And I I wear clothes forever. So I don't like get rid of them ever. When I, You know what I mean? Like I don't throw out clothes until there's something wrong with them generally. I like, continue to wear them even if I had them in seventh grade. Hmm. What? It reminds me. I know, no, I know that you're saying that about clothes, but I'm just thinking about this in this in this shirt. Mm-hmm. Travis Matthew. Yes, this is who I wear. By Travis the way. Matthew, who you are. Maybe you'll take up golf next. We've, We've got, made new friends at, at flag yeah, football this morning. They're golfers. We're we're in golf country. I, as a child, was interested in golf. I took golf lessons. I was mm-hmm. uh, a a frequent uh, patron of. We we were. Bear Hill Country Club it was very nice. Country Club said, Alice, back when I had class. But um, Before but yeah. I dragged you down to my level? That's right. That's <laughs> right. I mean, I don't really do anything like that. I just walk down and sometimes try to run and do yard work. But they're, they're, we're up in the world of driving ranges up here. Ice cream shops, farms, and driving ranges uh, everywhere up here in uh, wherever part of the state this is, whatever mm-hmm. you call this. Um, but I would. But that you get me thinking about something. Okay. Is that there are things that women do that they do for men that they know is always a winner. And you've done it too. And part of it's featured in it's the less memorable part of Nine and a Half Weeks. Have you ever seen Nine and a Half Weeks? I don't think so. It's an important movie. For those of us who were around in the 80s, it was crucial. Kim Basinger. (laughs) Mickey okay. Rourke when he was good I'll looking. take your word for it. Oh, it was very, it was unbelievable what was going on. So, uh, oh my goodness, good news. What? what? My sister-in-law, wait, that is sister-in-law, right? Your sister. My sister? Yeah. Your, yes. Uh, just went to Kitty's. Oh, that's great. We love Kitty's in North Reading. We love it. Did love they it. enjoy it? Yes. 
Oh well, they said I mean, they said yum. I wouldn't think they would enjoy it, but the, but the, yeah, but, no, I know we wondered about that. Yes, if they his were kiddies is the type first of people. and only Tesla to ever be in the kiddies parking lot. <laughs> there is not a recharger in that parking lot. There's no way. But we love kiddies. But anyway, the shirt reminds me of. Remember, I had that great um, Steppenwolf Theater shirt. Mm-hmm. My friend Jay. What laughed at thinking about today once again? Because uh, uh, well, actually, probably highly inappropriate. But it, I, I, I had forgotten tomorrow's 9-11. But Jay had uh, called me on 9-11. Obviously, everybody's calling everybody on 9-11. And he said, oh, my God, this is incredible, isn't it? And I said, I've seen worse. And he said, really? And I thought, I'll never forget. that. that for a moment, he thought, wow, he's seen worse. Like, no, Jay, nobody's seen worse. This is the biggest. This is as bad as it gets. Yes, this is as bad as it gets. Speaking of things being bad, by the way, natural disaster-wise, mm-hmm. what is the deal with the Maui death toll? Or the Maui missing count that is yeah. suddenly going down to like sixty people yeah. from ten times that number when oh, they're not the death missing. toll didn't go up at all. Like they're still at like a hundred and fifteen dead and they're like the but the missing numbers like had a ninety percent decrease. So was let's... everybody just hiding somewhere? Mm. Like I don't understand. Yes. Yes. Um and like out of the whatever 50, 60 names they've released, like only one was a child so far. So it's like, what happened to all these stories? I mean, in the AP reported people talking about a lot of children being dead. So um, the, like, where right. did that go? I'm Well, well this, this whole Maui story has been bizarre. But I haven't finished my important hard news okay, thing else. sorry. You're trifling around with 9-11 and Maui and things like this. Is, but what I have here, this is the... Okay, this is really this important. This is really important. I got to think about the Steppenwolf shirt. Okay. And it was did my... Did you ever connect the J911 thing to Steppenwolf? Or did you just move on? You're suggesting that? he's a suspect? No, I'm saying, did you explain that the reason right, why reason you were I'm, talking about Yeah, because my 9/11. friend Jay worked at the Steppenwolf Theater. Okay. Okay. And that's why... And yes, and I just Not noticed, everybody can follow so your I just noticed that tomorrow was 9-11. Of thought. But anyway, yeah. it reminds me of... Okay. Uh, and I, I had one for me, one step in a little shirt. And then when me, you and I first started hooking up, hey, mm-hmm. you wore that shirt. I even, you needed a shirt. It was because it rained. That was the that day. The red and white one? Yes. Yeah. It was that day because it rained and you needed a shirt. There was like a flash which is, rainstorm. Which is a like guy soaking. on a date with a woman is an ideal situation. <laughs> ideal. So you wore my step in a little shirt. Mm-hmm. And of course, you looked just cute as hell. And I think there is something innate in women knowing like when they wear their men's shirts like i think they like to because they feel uh, they feel sexy i don't even know what it is you tell me but i think they know that men love it yeah i think that's probably true and why do you think that men love it i think it feels possessive to men does it not i i think that's part of it but also like I don't know why do men love it. I, I mean, I think no, women no. are into it because men. I, like I think it. that it is. Yes, yeah, see, I know, but men are into it because women like it. So that's like the. It's, it started somewhere, but I think there's two. Yes, I think it's not only maybe the possessive thing. Yeah, sure, there's that. Um, but also, I think it has to do with her skin is on your stuff, mm-hmm. and you know, women smell good and are soft, and all this girl stuff that you know is. And I think, that, as a matter of fact, it almost feels like it's an imprint by women to make sure. I think it's a double possessive thing, as a matter of fact. Hmm. Do you not? Like territory marking? Maybe kind of, in a way. Because mm-hmm. guys are dumb, so guys are utterly charmed. Because, first of all, it means that she's gotten out of another piece of clothing 
which always is uh, that's always a positive mm-hmm. you know uh, aspect of the day and that she's now wearing yours and comfortable doing so it's just a charming thing and i think it's meant to i think it's meant to it it, it just it juices up a guy's ego and self-esteem it's definitely a, an intimate thing to be doing Yes, which gets me to this thing that I was um, I was reading this article mm-hmm. on twelve intimate things to do that aren't um, sex that aren't um, um, yeah sex. Okay, so, and it said like you can uh, massage each other, and obviously that's kind of sex. But but and you can do uh, play with each other's hair. Also, like these are all to me. Like, you can like also foreplay. Be, yeah, these are all foreplay. These are like these. Are, <laughs> And it said you can read poetry together, you can paint together, you can draw a bath for each other, and it's like I, I don't know. Any, there's no such thing as a man who's going to agree with anything, but the thing being the thing. And like I think women probably could, like think, <laughs> we could probably like cuddle and read poetry to each other. And like there's some women who would be in the. And there but are some lying guys would, who would pretend that they're like. But me you too. would view that as. Um, hopefully about to lead to a sexual situation. To me, <laughs> I would feel like this is a, an investment where I have I am sacrificing. You are paying heavily. the price to get to where you want. I'd rather be, have my not hand there. on the stove for that amount of time <laughs> than have to do this. Oh, I I used to have to we have to have to go through Supple's dreams. Um, and she have <laughs> she had a huge dream book. I don't tell you Tom, about stuff anymore because you just Thomas, say like, "Can I you call your dream- sister?" Well, no, some things, some things you should not be bringing mm-hmm. to me. And like, I realized when she used to bring out her dream book, and oh, oh yeah, that and that, and oh, she had feminist books that she would ha- want me to to like not laugh at and things. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's ridiculous. All right, got the important stuff out of the way. Okay, now I can talk about the boring real news. Well, so I hate to tell you. Okay, yeah. I'm going to talk about the real news. Uh, first of all, I hate to tell you something, and I don't have any cuts from this because I'm just so well prepared, but I can find some. I hate to tell you, Alice. Mm-hmm. Guess who impressed me on the Sunday shows? Um, Gavin Newsom? No, although he's definitely running. Uh, he was good. <laughs> so Gavin Newsom was on, and he was definitely good. But um, And he's moderated his game. He sounds a lot different than he used to. He knows what he's doing. He's so running, mm-hmm. so running. Um, he just went on to he went on to tell everybody he's absolutely so thrilled about Joe Biden and Kamala and their old friends. And they said one of the questions to him was like, um, apparently they said, have you heard that somebody and that, that uh, Kamala is not pleased with you, um, debating, uh, Ron DeSantis? And he said, no, no, I didn't hear fear from her. I heard somebody in her campaign said something though. And for him to even say that is mm-hmm. a provocation. Right. That is a bleep you. But no. And so Newsom was good. He's absolutely running. There's no doubt. There's no reason for him to be out there whatsoever. Oh yeah. Why is the governor of California going on the Sunday shows? Unless, like, I mean, like, what's the purpose of Not it? Not all that, but he's been spending a lot of money um, talking to... 
It's not like he's in some tough re-election campaign and it's not like he's trying to sell some piece of legislation or something. There's no reason for him to be doing this. Right. And he was a couple of months ago, remember, he was on that tour of other states as well, in, in Florida as well. Mm-hmm. And he said and that... And he's doing the debate, obviously, <sighs> right. thing and with said, DeSantis. Oh, yeah. And they said that... And, and Jonathan Carl asked him, or I think it was Jonathan Carl, or, or maybe it was... Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd. Asked him, he said, "You're gonna do it, like with Hannity and Santos uh, and uh, Newsom." So yeah, yeah, whatever it was. It's very matter of factly. He is mm-hmm. definitely being cagey, and he's a smart guy. He's a cool cucumber. Do you have a crush on him? No. Are you sure? Yeah. He's a winner. He looks Alice. too vampireish for he's me. He's a winner with accomplishments. You can't, and he's handsome. I mean, you can have a crush on him. He's too like vampire-y for me. I don't know. Yeah. No, he looks, he's like too, like, slick back hair, like, I don't know. I, I get the feeling I'll be wearing not one, of my his, scene. one of his t-shirts in about a not month. Not my scene. Yeah. Uh, you blushing? You really do have a crush on no, him. No, I'm not blushing. What's wrong with you? I don't like Gavin mm-hmm. Newsom. Did you hear my great line you stepped on? No. I get the feeling I'll be wearing one of his t-shirts in about a month. <laughs> okay. It's good the first time, too. <laughs> okay. You guys heard that, right? You heard that. I did hear it. I just didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, was that great? I, I thought maybe I, to, I missed a great. Sometimes line. I have to grab Alice by the hand and walk her back to the joke and huff and puff until well, she. But, <laughs> yeah, no, I heard it the first time. I just I thought I missed a great joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, I hate to tell you, Alice. Okay. This person won the Sundays. Okay. Yes, I view China as an enemy, and what's disappointing about what Biden has done is here you have China has bought up 400,000 acres of U.S. soil, most recently near Grand Forks Air Force Base. They bought our largest pork producer in the country. They continue to steal $600 billion of intellectual property. They're sending millions of dollars to our universities and stealing our research and spreading propaganda. 90% of our law enforcement drones are Chinese. So while Americans freaked out over the Chinese spy balloon, just imagine what's happening with all these mini spy balloons. They have killed more Americans than the Iraq, Iran, uh, the Iraq, Afghanistan, and Vietnam wars combined with their sending fentanyl over. I mean, how much more has to happen for Biden to realize you don't send cabinet members over to China to appease them. You start getting serious with China and say, we're not going to put up with it. They keep sending different cabinet officials over, Jake, and it's embarrassing. You sent Ramondo right after she got hacked. Her emails got hacked by the Chinese. You sent all of these cabinet officials over after a Chinese spy balloon went over our country. They are putting a Chinese spy base up in on Cuba off the coast of Florida. And don't wait for the fact that they are going to be sending Chinese military troops there. What are we doing appeasing China? Yes, it I was do. a good look for her. That's not it. She went on to talk about um, they mentioned uh, Taiwan. Jake Tapper asked her if we would uh, defend Taiwan if they went in, and she said yes. Mm-hmm. She's like totally hawkish, and um, I was very impressed with her to- today. Yeah, she's like first of all, she's got it all down. Um, and s- apart from the stupid uh, in high heels, that crap. Yeah, I don't like that stuff. Yeah. The, like, girl she's, power lane She stuff. says, she's saying almost all the right things. Of course, she's a big Ukraine person, whatever, and so, but, you know, I'd be very happy with a President Healy. You mean? Haley. Haley. Haley, yeah. Who's Healy? Oh, that's, Our no. governor. We would not be happy with her as no. president. Oh, well, it's just attractive. Um, <sighs> so, so, 
no, I mean she's she was kind of on point today, and I, I mean, and I, she's I, starting to emerge as sort of a front runner Trump and DeSantis alternative. And I think that so we got to be careful because somebody's thir- somebody's doing this. Somebody's trying to make this a thing, right? In the battle for third place, she's winning the battle for third place currently. I would say, um, where Vivek had kind of been surging a little bit there. Um, the problem is too many people like Vivek as like a second choice, but a lot of the people who like him are Trump people, I think, um, for him. Well, definitely. That's an and, issue, but he, and but also, he, he's, he, I mean, he's very fun to watch. He's fun to watch. <laughs> I enjoy watching him like hit other people, but he has issues as a candidate too. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes he's better on it than others. He's worse on his personal stuff did you see the video of him about the seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars that he made yeah with Mehdi hassan yeah yeah i mean i thought he seemed caught a little flat-footed there yeah well because Mehdi was it was a good look for Mehdi hassan who i think is a, a total dickhead but yeah but um because i you know, was asking him about why he had this um what was it a wef scholarship or yes, something, yes. a fellowship or whatever when he like, made three hundred thousand yeah. or seven hundred thousand and he had said like oh i just took the money because i needed money the mm-hmm. scholarship money and he had like just made seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars and actually it, yeah. was, it was kind of it was a it's worth listening to maybe should i grab it i didn't I, yeah i did i did put it in our chat i but yeah it it was an interesting clip because he really and it's he's interesting to me anyway kind of because um, you know, the the media has really been going after him in a big way. I'm sending it to you again, so it's at the top. But um but you know, sometimes he's better on the policy stuff because he's very well read and he like knows what to say on the policy stuff. You accepted a Paul but- and Daisy Soros scholarship at law school law school that was specifically set up for the children of immigrants. It was an affirmative action scholarship, and your defense for that is that you didn't have the money to pay for law school, even though you'd already made over a million dollars true. at the time and my, made another my two million dollars. Is, my defense of that you is if somebody gives you a merit scholarship at the age of twenty four, you no, take you it. Told at the age of twenty four, somebody gives you a merit scholarship, you take it. I didn't say I didn't have the money. I didn't say I didn't have the money. When I was going... Oh, this is, I guess, a mashup. I'm just going to show him saying he didn't have the money. Um... The children of immigrants. It was an affirmative action scholarship. And your defense for that is that you didn't have the money to pay for law school, even though you'd already made over a million dollars true. at the time and my, made another my two million dollars. Is, my defense of that you is somebody gives you a merit scholarship at the age of 24, you no, take you it. Told at the age of 24, somebody gives you a merit scholarship, you take it. I didn't say I didn't have the money. I said at a time when I had a lot less money than now, fifty thousand dollars. You said exactly. You didn't have the money to make. You keep forgetting your quote. You said when I didn't have the money. So, so, Mehdi, I've made this really easy for everybody, and I did this yeah. in the early weeks of the campaign. Yeah. I released 20 years of tax returns. Yes, you something did. Something that no presidential candidate, let alone somebody who's successful in business, has done. I challenged yes, Democrats and Republicans alike, and, including and the Biden them. family, to do it. And, we and, and you know what? I, re- I released it so that you could look at them so we can have Thank an honest so conversation. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. The fun thing I've learned. I do appreciate that. It's yes, something Trump and, and should and learn I think that transparency is important. Look, so it's, here's, here's two, so it's we have already open and everybody can and, see it. Exactly. We have 2009 But the fact of the matter is, you know what I would advise every... Hold on, you Every told me to look at them. Should take two thousand nine yep. and two thousand ten. You made seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. You had the money to pay for law school. You didn't need a Soros affirmative action scholarship that you now yeah, criticize. I mean, if, None of this is worthy, but if you think it is, let's get to the detail. That was well, actually I, the I, first big piece you say of money. Anti-affirmative I got, action. Was, well, you took a scholarship for immigrants. I'm anti-affirmative and their action. So why did you take a scholarship so which, for the children which of immigrants? Well, Which falsehood would, would you like me to address? Right. Well, I gotta say something here for Mehdi mm-hmm. is 
he's duking it out with yeah. Vivek. And he's sticking he, to the question. Oh yeah, no, and he's and he's and he's not being bullied, and he's being aggressive. Mm-hmm. And I'm mean, he's I, I I really detest him because I think often he's disingenuous and it's just a smartass. But he's got this guy in front of him, and they're duking it out. But Vivek is good Vivek here too. I mean, the good thing about Vivek is that he doesn't care. He's gonna do since then. He's done 147 more interviews, and anytime Vivek goes viral, it's probably good. And this thing says like, uh, Mehdi Hassan destroys Vivek Ramaswamy. Nothing destroys Vivek because Vivek doesn't care. Right. You know, you have to emotionally let yourself be destroyed to right. be destroyed. Nah. It's kind of, and in that sense, he has a little bit of that Trump thing. Well, yes, I think he's seen it and said mm-hmm. like, why, why let like the 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 energy from onlookers or you know or the momentum from uh, Twitter uh, swirls bother me or or ruin my day there's no reason to the financial one or the or the one about my views on affirmative did, action because i can go in whichever order you'd like on the financial piece of it not at, not at the time that i had applied for the scholarship yes, you did. that fall yes you did that december yes you did Decem- this, Mehdi, is, this I, is awkward for you because you me, did just, i've got the tax returns in front no, of my it's face. not awkward for you yes uh, on walk, december walk 31st when the application for the scholarship was that october many you're wasting your time on childish details in Go october on. of details. that year let me tell you something if if many promised to do just interviews like this mm-hmm I fire Fox News out, hire him. It's like, yeah, and I mean, <clears throat> I do also think it's good that Vivek also is willing to go there. Like he'll fight about the details about yes. what month he made the money in all day long, and he remembers what month he made the money in, mm-hmm. and he's willing to fight about it. And like, yes. I mean, it's like he said like he said in the interview like none of it is worthy it's all kind of stupid and irrelevant to everything and like no one really cares about that right but but it is interesting to watch him to watch them both stick to their guns really and actually yes. have an argument because it's so unusual uh, like if we watch the Nikki Haley Sunday shows or any we listen to the Sunday shows mm-hmm. a lot and like rarely do they mentally check to see if the person has answered the question and stick to it and rarely does the person answer the question right like they'll kind of say something ask a question that like kind of relates to climate change and then the person will give their sort of prepared riff on climate change do you think the do you think the baby hears the show right now yes really yes of course oh man yeah babies recognize their mother's voice in the womb so we're already indoctrinating him they don't recognize the father's voice well, probably. I am the father. Depending how much you talk around me, yeah, you are. Okay, that's good. Mm-hmm. People would say so. Yes. So, um, so what is the baby doing with this information it's getting here? <laughs> I don't know. Just think, we filled up his mind like Medi Hassan. <laughs> I know. And Vivek Ramaswamy's college scholarship. Yes, his law school scholarships. Yes. My goodness. I don't think we should have kids. And before that, with um, with your um, nine eleven humor and it's the anniversary, by the way. Tomorrow. Okay, and um, and your favorite T shirts. So yes. So that's good. Do you it's... wear um, perfume? Sometimes, not, really, not all the time. But I use products that have fragrance in them generally. Why? 
I want you perfumed up now. I like perfume, but I don't wear it every day, like when I'm just sitting at home on my computer, necessarily. I'm going to ask you to perfume. Okay, will do. Hmm, thank you. Okay, back to you. <laughs> Are we ready to move yeah, on? Yeah, we've from got an this? action item now on the table. Okay, I'm going to start. I mean, to you wear always smell perfume. good. You're, you're like you're ridiculously not bad smelling ever. Thanks. Well, that's you know. I mean, hey, way with words, Alice. <laughs> really, an endorsement of me <laughs> as a person. That's great. Um, so anyway. So you like Nikki Haley? Somebody in the chat commented that yeah, but you like Mike Pence, so that doesn't I do like really mean anything. Um, I did want to kind I'm of. I'm not talk good at this, by the way. It's like at like picking politicians, right? And like knowing where the other. Uh, I picked Trump, but you know. Well, I that think in a way, no political pundits are set up to actually do political picks because they're all too in it. And it's too dependent on the opinions of normal people who are not paying attention to any of this at all. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like you're at a disadvantage to know what normal people are thinking if you are following the news very closely. Right? Like, if you're following the news very closely, it helps you know, like, what's going on in the race. But it doesn't help you know how regular people are viewing it. They can only get at that through the lens of polls because, you know, you're so divorced from where regular voters are. Right. That it's very difficult for you to even imagine what they're thinking. It's it, it actually puts you at a huge disadvantage. And it's why, like, the Trump thing was so shocking to people and stuff. And I think you and I both follow too much news that we also, like, fall prey to that a lot. Yes. Yes, if you follow too much news, you almost can't predict what voters are going to do because they're so different from you. Because the voters don't follow that much news. Yeah, and it's easy. It's interesting because that's why, like, I'm so bad on election nights. I always have been. It's always a thing. Ever since the first like election night that I was a part of was was with Graham, Michael Graham, probably in 2012, I guess. And oh, that's a rough one. Yeah. Did you did you cover the Scott Brown night at all or no? In twenty ten, um, election night, the special election, yeah. Well, we were at the rally. Okay, but you weren't doing like radio coverage. No, no. Some maybe somebody else was. I mean, there was no. Yeah, I, I people know. didn't expect there to be a story, really. No, but we were <laughs> so. at the rally. Oh, that was oh, that was incredible. We were at the. Did I tell you about this? Were we dating? We were, no, it was right before we started dating. I but yeah, that was the first time I was quoted in a in a publication. It was a too. very exciting time to be following politics. Yes, yeah. Christian Science Monitor wrote me up because they talked to me in wow. the crowd. Yes, that's right. Wow, yeah. that's when you've made the big time. Yes, and um, and yeah, and yeah, me and Graham was in there, and I was in in the, at the Park Plaza, mm-hmm. and and they, they, you know, the music's just starting, whatever, and. and and I'm just kind of figured it's going to be a late night, and walking around, and, it's, and people are all excited, and they're you know they, and suddenly uh, I'm like um, like I'm noticing that they say Coakley's going to speak soon. I'm like, why is Coakley going to speak soon? And this guy, like one of these politics know-it-all consultant guys who's mm-hmm. been on the phone the whole time, said, "Yeah, she just called and conceded." It was the beginning of the night, and seconds later, the the room erupted, the booze was flying, the music was playing. 
everybody uh, was, it was crazy. It was a crazy night. And then, was, then me and uh, Graham, Michael Graham, were having like drinks together in the corner. It was a crazy night. Mm-hmm. And his guy, uh, Scott Brown's comms guy, who we were kind of close with at that moment, grabbed us and said, "Hey, come with us." And we went back of the house to the freight elevator. This is this is cool. By the way, this is but this is before you. I was single. I had gotten over. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The t-shirt girl and... Mm-hmm. And I was single, and like things were just starting to tick up a little bit. I'm like, "This is, I am." I got backstage. I mean, they take us upstairs to the his suite. There are people like the campaign workers are just pounding boot. They had been working hard for like a year, right. so they were like, "Holy!" I mean, the young people were all half his family was there. Every half, either people were loud, boisterous, excited, full of tears, and drunk as hell, or asleep. That's that's what the room mm-hmm. was. It was such a good night. Oh, me and me and Graham, ah, we stayed there till like four in the morning or five in the morning. Had to be back, like mm-hmm. at seven or eight in the studio, and we we, yeah. we were feeling. And then that. I think like a month later, you met me. Was that a month I later? Think so yeah. I should have. I probably tried to. Oh, I must have texted him in front of you back then. Oh, I must have done whatever, whatever it took to get you in that. <laughs> uh, um, what's the what's the company that? The theater company in Chicago? Stampin' Mall? Yes. Whatever shirt. it took to get you into that shirt. It's a very shirt-oriented show today. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. All about shirts. So um, true. Um, but by the way, I've had a um, I've had a watershed moment. James! Okay. James! Huh. James Shattuck! It's going to... If he's even paying attention, it's yeah, going to take him a while to get up here. Okay. Watershed moment. Alice. Okay. Watershed moment. I'm ready. This is going to be heartbreaking for me to tell you. Okay. <sighs> okay. I'm Who are the Beatles of comedy? The Beatles of comedy? Yes. So wait, are you looking for like a group or are you looking for like a four this, best this should, people? It need like, not be expanded upon any more than what the way I just put it. Who are the Beatles of comedy? Al, just so you know, the Beatles weren't four separate acts who got together okay. one night. <laughs> I, know. I know. Who are the Beatles of comedy? The Beatles of comedy? Yes. Ask the chat. Is it? Is, is there anybody in the chat? The people are in the chat. Who yes. are the Beatles of comedy, everybody? And okay. the fact that you don't know this, Alice, tells me that maybe it's time for me to <laughs> begin my pursuit of Dua I Lipa mean, uh, sooner rather than later. I guess I would venture like... um. Hello? What is happening here? 
But I don't understand. Somebody says Monty Python. Yeah, of course it's Monty Python. Alice! (sighs) I don't know Somebody says the Three Stooges. That's not funny. Alice, do I... Do we not know each other? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> of course it's Monty Python. <laughs> okay. Sorry. What? We had Monty Python together. Well, I mean, we had it together. That Have was... we ever watched one of their movies together? I think we did. I think we watched uh, Life of Brian together. No, we didn't. We didn't? I told you, I've never seen Life of Brian all the way through. I've only seen, like, pieces of it. Okay. Did... Didn't love for Monty Python was not one of our. Things? I like Monty Python. Oh, you like them? That's I very. Mean, like, I I've know that you. That, that's very benevolent of you. King I know Arthur that, one, right? Like the King Arthur <laughs> one. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I like the movie. It's very nice. <laughs> I mean, like what? <laughs> okay. Are I would you... <laughs> rather have. A thousand random T-shirts show up in uh, in my dryer, belonging to a thousand different dudes from Malden. Than have you not love and respect Monty Python? I like Monty Python. Oh, don't do them any favors, Alice. I just Alice. don't I have like that, a huge that, amount of passion your, about your, it. Your comedic intellectual talent is much uh, higher and stronger than Did theirs. Did I say they that? No, I. I know that you I came like... up with the dead parrot thing in your sleep. Far, <laughs> before. you know what the dead parrot thing is, right? Yes, I know what the dead parrot Alice? thing is, and the funny walks thing, and all the things. I've heard of all the things. Okay. Why are you looking at me? You are an enemy of the state. Not an enemy of the state. I like Monty Python. I just think I don't have the same degree of passion for it that you do, obviously. What's funnier, I'm not... I don't know. Do I watch a lot of comedy in general? Sorry, Alice. It's it's (laughs) not the uh, Tad Stevenson... I mean, I think you're funnier than Monty Python. Uh, Well played. (laughs) I'm not, but just so you know... I laugh at your jokes. What's the, the, Morgan in the chat says Monty Python sucks. Of course he'd think that. Mm-hmm. First of all, he's a yeah, he, yeah. He's part of the Green Mountain Boys. They, they were shooting cheaply shooting my friends the Redcoats uh, unarmed from trees, not the mm-hmm. symmetrical warfare that honorable men used. I'm not surprised whatsoever. He's yes. Of course he doesn't like Monty Python because it's order and there's no chaos there. I bet you... Mark in the chat says the Marx Brothers are the Beatles of comedy. I, don't... I think there's a case for that, too. I don't... What's your favorite Marx Brothers bit, Alice? Um, I mean, Groucho Marx. The one with the, uh, the, the uh, sledge-o-matic? Harpo is funny. He doesn't, <laughs> oh, they're, he doesn't, yeah, they're all funny. He doesn't talk. They're all so good. Oh, you mean you also like the Cubs? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> I just, I mean, like, do I watch that much comedy? Mm-hmm. Do you see me watching this is, this a lot of, is, you, like, do I have on SNL and a bunch of, like, no. stand-up? Or, no. Or, really? You like bland. <laughs> I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. This date is not I going like, well. I like, like, reading Holy books. <laughs> I don't know. Thank God for alcohol. God. <laughs> just imagine we had a lunch date. It's probably good that we... So, so uh, I'm a huge Monty Python guy. They're okay. <laughs> what do you want fi- me to say about I it? I find them fine. <laughs> and also somebody who's very comfortable with uncomfortable silence, too. So should we just do that and look at you? And she's fine with it. Okay, Alice. Um, 
the reason I said that is that for now now it's bigger than that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> because I was telling you, I was going to say that my son didn't, I don't think he loved it. And Comedy lo- doesn't age that well is part of the problem. Yeah, apparently. And I got to say that. And it, that's probably why you don't, you don't think like the Three Stooges are funny or like the Marx Brothers I don't think are funny. No, hold on, like, hold on. Okay. I don't think the Three Stooges are funny because they're not funny. I get it. Poke each other in the eyes and they're stupid. And there was only one scene that I liked in the Three Stooges ever was when they're in a rowboat. And uh, Larry, I think, by mistake, for some, he mistakenly, they were hunting ducks in a rowboat. Some reason he he shot it, mistakenly shot a hole in the bottom of the rowboat. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, oh my goodness, what are we going to bail out? And he said, and and then he just cocked the gun again and shot another hole. And he said, why did you shoot it again? Why why did you shoot it again? And he said, to let the water out. Okay. It's it's great. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Double vodka soda, please. <laughs> and a shot of Jaeger, please. And if somebody in the back of the house has a roofie, please, that would be useful, too. Because this is at, at the dating Alishatic, uh situation. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so James doesn't like that, but it doesn't matter because you hate it, too. What else is going on? Should we talk about um, this, this lady who's t- taking the guns away? Uh, Sure, yeah. This is the New Mexico governor. Right. Oh, no, I want to talk about this. Um, The Proud Boys guy. Okay. Got a Enrique Terrio. Enrique Terrio got twenty two years mm-hmm. <laughs> for being in Baltimore, but somehow coordinating a non a an unarmed mm-hmm. insurrection where the people were going to go in and stop the swearing in without any guns against a lot of people who had guns. That's right. fine. So yeah, but I mean, all of this is crazy, and like the the. It was just released that that Fulton County jury that indicted Trump and a whole bunch of other people, that they also voted to indict even more people that the prosecutor opted not to do, including like Lindsey Graham, Michael Flynn, David Perdue, and Kelly Loeffler. Loeffler, yeah. Loeffler. So, I mean, they were just going to indict everybody. They could have put, the prosecutor could have put any name in front of them and they would have been like, yeah, sure, indict. Whatever. They right. could have put Clarence Thomas there and Amy Coney Barrett and, you know, Scott Brown, and they would have just indicted everyone. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, there there was no, like, rhyme or reason to any of it. Right. And clearly, I mean, clearly stuff David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler and all these people were saying, like, it was well within the realm of protected political speech, which is why they chose not to go for it on those ones. But, like, I mean... It just makes the whole thing so transparent, including the fact that they had, like, accidentally previously posted their list of charges before the grand jury was even done meeting. Everything about it is so insane. But, yeah, so politically motivated. All of it is nuts. And, I mean, like, I I don't know. So that brings me to this guy. um, And Matt Walsh was talking about this, but I've looked into it more. And I I had kind of missed this. I know that, that Howie wrote about it. Montez Terriel Lee Jr., who goes by Tez. He's a guy who's a career cr- criminal, and he lit a pawn shop on fire in, in the George... <laughs> how he calls it. He killed somebody in a fire while looting a pawn shop during the George Floyd shopping spree of 2020. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he lit, lit this place on fire. Somebody dies inside. He gets 10 years. Right. And the statement from the U.S. Attorney's Office... Mm-hmm. Think... The people putting the screws to Trump's. The statement from the U.S. Attorney's Office, Alice, right, said this. This is the U.S. Attorney. These are the prosecutors. 
mm-hmm. saying this about the man who lit a punch up on fire, which then killed people. He was in front of it doing this thing before, the black power right. sign. Literally, this is what the statement says. Mr. Lee had a plan to turn his life around, which appears to have been upended by the COVID-19 pandemic. So he was just going to stop being a murderous thug. Then COVID mm-hmm. happened. Um, uh, Google around from Howie. He got his GD, GED. He completed drug treatment. He comes from an abusive background. Oh, okay, this is yeah. from, the, from the feds. Um, listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to what? I would fail, but I don't know because you just said listen to this. Okay, hold on. I'm, I'm trying to get around because I'm, okay. I'm pulling these quotes from Howie's column, so I don't want to read his column. Okay. Listen to this. Listen to this. is the memo mm-hmm. that comes along with it. Following the, this is an actual quote from the feds. Following the mostly peaceful protests, the memo reads... Hundreds of individuals carrying on into the night vandalized and looted local businesses and destroyed businesses, vehicles, and other property through arson, smashing doors and windows, mm-hmm. hurling objects, and other means. Um, Mr. Lee credibly states that he was in the streets to protest unlawful police violence against black men, but that he was caught up in the fury of the mob after living as a black man watching his peers suffer at the hands of police. Right. Which is why he poured fire accelerant around the pawn shop and lit it on fire. The subsequent fire destroyed the business. Of course, that's not true. His peers aren't suffering at the hands of police. In most cases, the black community suffers a lot more from a lack of effective policing. Well, sure. But also, why is the DOJ... Yeah, Sit, like providing context for oh he had a rough time even listen to this this is actually mm-hmm. actually from their memo the u.s attorney even the great american advocate for nonviolence and social justice dr martin luther king jr stated in an interview with cbs's mike wallace in 1966 that we've got to see that a riot is the language of the unheard that includes uh, setting fires that kill people um, yes. Okay. Just checking. Just checking. Or like the lawyers who had Molotov cocktails in New York during the Black Lives Matter riots. Mr. Or Lee states else. that yeah. he checked the building before he set the fire to make sure no one would be hurt. Oh, that that's good of him. That's nice. Um, He believed he was, in Dr. King's eloquent words, engaging in the language of the unheard. This is also in the memo. Mm-hmm. Um, he does have a terrible incident of domestic violence in his criminal history in which he viciously assaulted a woman and ruptured her left eardrum prior to convictions of burglary, assault, violence, violation of no contact order, and theft of property. Mm-hmm. But it's just like... So this Proud Boy guy, fine. But really, 22 years? This is, this is a problem in this country. We are going to have a... Yeah, he didn't even engage in the language of the unheard. And guess what's going to happen if people on the other side say enough of this crap and MAGA people take to the streets? What's going to oh, happen? Oh, they're going to all be arrested and thrown in prison. If like, not shot in the streets. Right. Suddenly, 
rubber bullets are too good for people. Oh, yeah. No. I mean, like, the, we're on the verge of, like, low-key political violence in this country in a big way. So, I mean, buckle up, because what they're doing to Trump is, like, so outrageous, and, like, the taking him off the ballot stuff, and the politicized prosecution stuff, like, I mean... It really is going to reach a tipping point at some point. And, like, I don't think anybody thinks that would be healthy for the country. So before we do the chat chat, Brad, yes. we should probably do just just hit this um, this gun grabbing woman. OK, sure. Um, by the way, I'm t- a friend of mine in Connecticut is getting a, a woman mm-hmm. who you've met. Okay. Who's lovely and has kids in college and uh, uh, is married and just. Works okay. hard for a living. She's getting um, intimidated uh, notes, intimidating anonymous notes now left in her mailbox right. by people who she's pretty sure are the um, drag queen story hour people. And she notes that she was just one of the people who, you know, ha- went to the board of ed, that kind mm-hmm. of thing, and, and has a problem with it. But they're going after her, but none of the men. Oh, yeah. No. Always. Leftists love going after women. Before we get to the chat chat too, there was one point I wanted to make earlier that I didn't get to and I want to get it in the um, main show side before we go over to Patreon because I think it's really important. I tweeted about it today and I feel like people don't realize this is going on, but I happened to kind of notice, like I kind of knew about it from work stuff anyway Um, because obviously we're a, I work at a clothing retailer, but um. So I like hear about industry trends and stuff and and um like everybody's seeing a bazillion ads for this shopping app Temu. Mhm. Or Temu or however you say it. I don't know. They had a Super Bowl ad this year. They're like you their slogan is shop like a billionaire. And like they feature really really super low prices on stuff. You know, it'll be like a dollar for like a Bluetooth speaker. It's like, you know, it's yep. like ludicrous prices so that it almost seems like a scam. But you really can't. I mean, they have crummy customer service and it's crummy quality products. But, you know, it's not like a scam. Like they do ship you the products and stuff. But um, but they're actually, um, I think a lot of people don't realize a Chinese company and or maybe you realize the products come from China at least, and um, and they are they are not actually able to sell stuff at those prices like that, um, even with the slave labor that they're clearly using and all the other stuff. To so how their are they selling down, stuff like that? They are losing like thirty dollars per transaction, um, because they are a Chinese spyware app that is like. That their business model is not selling stuff to you. It's getting your information. Right. <laughs> so I'm just saying. Um, so they're, they have like a counterpart Chinese shopping app that. Um, so th- first of all, their code in their app is like really shady and people have a really hard time going through it because stuff is like really hidden in it in the app so there's not a lot of clarity over like what it is but their other app their like chinese based one that's for chinese consumers is like banned from a ton of the app stores because they literally lie about what permissions you're giving the app including it like you know is you know tracking all your text conversations it's like key logging you it's i mean it's 
gathering a lot more information on your phone than it says it is in the app permissions and everything else. So a lot of people think that like the international version that people that they're selling to the outside world is doing the same thing. And because it's a Chinese company, they're subject to all these Chinese laws where everything goes to the Chinese government. And there's been a few stories about it where like, but it's very low key. Like, I mean, Congress wrote it up in a report earlier that they think it's a huge national security risk, this app. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but there's been more buzz about TikTok because that's been well, like more kind of popular. On, it culture. goes to what we were talking about with Nikki Haley. It's yeah, like, no, it, that's where oh, I was going to bring it up was because she was so hawkish on China. And I think like that's one area where I think at least for me, I found COVID really radicalizing about China mm. and the way that they handled it and how risky it is that they have so much of our supply chain. So their mission here is clearly twofold. One is to undercut um other international retailers so they have been buying a massive amount of digital advertising so much that it distorts the entire market for digital advertising so Mm. if you're any kind of company that relies on buying like google ads and stuff and facebook ads and all, all youtube ads all these things which all companies that do any digital advertising do all that like they are buying the search terms in such a way that it's like changing everybody else's cost structure for buying advertising because they're spending i mean people i read one estimate that says the company loses like 500 million dollars a year because they're this is like their business model is clearly not this so they want to first of all like undercut the market power of like amazon and other u.s retailers seems like an expensive venture well i mean then I guess we you have to ask, like, why is it so important to them to do it? Because clearly somebody's spending the money to do this. Well, I assume that they don't care if the population starves. Yeah, but I mean, like, it, it's very... And, like, they're... You know, the people... Their suppliers aren't able to provide stuff at these prices. They're not... They're losing money on each transaction, and especially on the international shipping, which they give to the consumer for free as well. So... It's like, it's super shady. And I feel like there's not enough. I mean, I started hearing about it a few months ago, vaguely, just because I'm sort of in that industry. But like, I feel like there's not enough alarm about it. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. Why are they allowed to keep buying all this advertising and be online and all this stuff? It's like wild to me. Do not buy your t-shirts from Timu. That is what we, we were saying. Yeah, I mean, so I'm in there everywhere. And like I said, there's been like a smattering of articles about it here and there. But I mean, I find it kind of crazy, like more crazy than I feel like mm-hmm. the media is reacting to it. By the way, you, why you know why they call t-shirts t-shirts? Why I don't, I'm not. Is it because it's T-shaped when you lie down? Yes. Good to know. That's what I guessed. <laughs> I, go. didn't, I didn't know for sure, but I All know right, I know. Let's get to this New Mexico okay, lady here. Quickly, okay, New okay. Mexico lady. Yeah. But your point is valid. You took an oath to the Constitution. Isn't it unconstitutional to say you cannot exercise your, your carrying license? With one exception. And that is if there's an emergency, and I've declared an emergency for a temporary amount of time, I can invoke additional powers. No constitutional right, in my view, including my oath, is intended to be absolute. There are restrictions on free speech. There are restrictions on my freedoms. In this emergency, this 11-year-old 
and all these parents who have lost all these children, they deserve my attention to have the debate about whether or not in an emergency we can create a safer environment. Because what about their constitutional rights? I took an oath to uphold those two. And if we ignore this growing problem without being bold, I've said to every other New Mexican, your rights are subrogated to theirs. And they are not, in my view. Uh, wait a minute, okay. now, you're talking about crimes. There are already laws against the crimes, so how are their rights? I got it. But, but again, <laughs> if I'm unsafe, who's standing up for that right? If this climate is so out of control, somebody should do something. I'm doing as much as I know to do. Madam Governor, yep. do you really think that criminals are going to hear this message and not carry a gun in Albuquerque on the streets for 30 days? Uh, no. But here's what I do think. It's a pretty resounding message. She's the best. She's the yeah. best. What a psycho. Okay. Insane people. You wanted her. You got her. Yeah. Wow. What an absolute psycho. Alice, what is the hot sauce? The hot sauce is the Chelsea Fire Wicked hot sauce, and they bring us the Chelsea Fire Wicked hotline where you can leave a chat chat message for the show. Shall I go there directly? I think you should go there directly. I think we have a few messages. I, I'll, I'll be snooping around in there. I don't snoop around in your chat. You stay out of my... That's because you don't know how to use the chat unless I set you up using it and the listeners said you get too distracted, so they requested that I not show you how to get in anymore. <laughs> okay. This one's from Anonymous. Okay. Naming convention's gone to hell. I'm sorry. Okay, Tom, inquiring minds want yes, to know yes. what is the issue between you and Jared Carabas because he mm. mentioned your name on KMS the other day Did he? and told Kirk that you wouldn't be happy with the fact that he was getting another tattoo. Yeah. So what's going on with that? My issue... We did with, hear this. We did, did hear it. did an absolutely spot-on impression of Tom, I think. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I should have grabbed it. My problem is this, and I will mention this uh, again. I will. Re if I'm ever on with Kirk again, I will repeat this. My problem is this, is that uh, Jared Carabas, who is a, a Red Sox Big Pappy fanboy from uh, Saugus has more badass prison tats than uh, Jared Remy, who killed a person. That's my problem with this. I think it's, maybe there is like a generational thing happening no, or something. A, no, because a, I think young people get a lot more tattoos nowadays. He, no, no, but he is, he's got the total bro, uh, hardo look. Totally. Tats, he always has to wear his uh, his sunglasses wherever. Everybody it's just such has a tough guy, LARPy thing. My God. Oh, it's so, plus he's, I mean, let's be honest. Let's be honest, okay? What? He's Saga's trash, and he's an a-hole, okay? I mean, I think he's doing fine in his life, and he's happy. Why are you mad at him? He's just out there living his life. There are none of his t-shirts in this house. Am I correct? No. Whoa. <laughs> There's none of his t-shirts in the house. A little too much hesitation. <laughs> I was going to figure out what you were asking at first. Yeah. <laughs> Mm -hmm. He wears like tank tops, I think, anyway, right? Yeah, his well, wouldn't fit me, actually. <laughs> don't fit him. So they okay. Hi, Steve hey, from Nashville. Nashville. Hi, Steve. Jimmy Fallon has always had a reputation as. This is a bar that Steve is in. This mm -hmm. is a bar, and it sounds like a good bar. 
just judging by the background noise. There's no doubt. We, can you can you do you know you took computer science in college, right? Can you find this, this location? Oh my God. Hi, Steve from Nashville. Jimmy Fallon has always had a reputation as a problem drinker. Yes. I don't know if you guys recall that incident that happened at least five or six years ago where he almost severed his finger oh, because right. he fell down drunk in his own home oh. and caught his ring on a hook. Right. Oof. It was uh, like pretty disturbing to hear. And uh, I had to walk around cringing <sighs> the rest of the day, but. This is not the first time that we've heard such stories. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard one time that he actually threw a cell phone under his wife's head, as a matter wow. of fact. Can you imagine that? That's the to me, that's the rock bottom point where you definitely have got to take it take uh, inventory. Personal inventory. Mm-hmm. I consider there to be a difference between the genders, and so I consider it. <laughs> Male on female violence to be different from female on male violence. I know some people in this house are, you know, full equality and think Fallon Fox should be in the women's um, MMA fighting. But, you know, because you think men and women are equal. But Are you still proud of that? I didn't. Let's not get back into that. Let's... No, because you know what you say when we're not on the air. <laughs> you are so pleased with yourself I'm not about that. Pleased with yes, myself. you are. No. no, I overreacted, but you were also being a jerk. <laughs> I had it coming. Believe me, there is something that is mildly. There's a difference between men and women doing things. Yes, no, I have no problem. I mean, obviously, I posted it. I obviously, it obviously, Alice. Somewhere, part of me, because I'm sick too. It, got some kind of thrill out of it I, I don't know. <laughs> okay <sighs> hi hey steve from nashville i, I couldn't tell steve because the last thing said fsfsfn steve from nashville this one says anonymous so i split up the anonymouses because i don't know anymore because i'm trying to use mm-hmm. naming convention to make to make sure that i distribute these and people an don't equi- want to be distributed <clears throat> in an equitable fashion uh I'm still, you know, trying to come to terms with the breakup of Suzanne Malveau and Corrine Jean-Pierre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think someday it'll be like the Kennedy assassination. You know, where were you when you heard the news? <laughs> um, I'm still processing it uh, as it goes. But uh, you you were asking yourselves why. Why did this happen and nothing's been released? I think I have a, an inkling why. <laughs> I'm imagining that Suzanne Malveau, who, despite being a moonbat, is actually kind of an intelligent person – Woke up one morning next to the emptiest <laughs> pantsuit in the history of Washington D.C. Yeah, maybe she and saw said, one too I can't many stay press with this idiot any longer. Uh, I'm out and see. Uh, let me know what you think. Absolutely, I think that's a possibility. Yeah, seeing your significant other be an idiot in public every day has to be like somewhat humiliating. Why do you? I said what, has what, to be. I didn't say it out of personal from? experience. You, that was the most thinly veiled thing that I have ever heard said. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to us be idiots, everybody. We appreciate you so much, um, all of our Patreon people. If you are listening on Patreon, uh, you can stay there because we're going to do some more show. That is at patreon.com slash burnbarrel if you want to join that. If you don't, you can always, of course, listen to the show for free. Um, the main show that is, that is uh, at burnbarrelpodcast.com 
and uh, YouTube, Rumble, all your favorite places. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.